This morning we continue in our series as we talk about the blood of Jesus from Gethsemane to Golgotha. We talk about the places that Jesus shed his blood last week. We talked about how it just wasn't at the cross, although the cross was, it seems to be the focal point of what we teach and preach about. He began shedding his blood before he ever got to Golgotha. And last week we talked about Gethsemane and how in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus shed his, 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 his blood because the Bible says that his sweat became drops of blood and we talked about that, about how you can be under so much pressure and agony and stress and anxiety that, that literally you, you sweat blood through your pores. So we gave the whole medical description of that and if you want to listen to that, be sure and go back to our, to our website, elmgrovecc.org and, and, and go to our podcast and listen to that. And, uh, but man, it, we, when we talked about how Jesus gave us the power through the blood that was shed so that our will could overcome the enemy. So that we would say, so that we might never say, I just don't have the willpower, I can't do this. No, Jesus shed his blood, because remember he said, Father, if there's any way, let this cup pass from me, but nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And blood was shed. Blood was shed so that we could say, God, not my will, but thy will be done, and I can overcome because your blood was shed for me. Amen? So go back and listen to that uh, great teaching. I think we'll really bless you and really encourage you. Uh, Today we move forward. And today we move toward the whipping post. And again, we talked about it as we began service, but if you've seen that scene from the Passion of Christ, it's a scene that you will never get out of your mind. Um, As he bore 39 stripes on his back, as he bore the whip, the cat of nine tails, uh, uh, man, j- just just a horrific scene that that we watched, that uh, that we were able to see in that portrayal of what Christ went through. Um, and today we're moving to that, but I'm going to jump to Isaiah, and we're going to be in Isaiah today. But we're at the whipping post, okay? So keep these things together. Amen. Thank you, Sister Sherry. Keep these things together. Isaiah 53 verse 5. You probably all know this. You probably all quote this by heart. You probably know exactly what this word says. It says that he was wounded for our transgression. Isaiah 53, 5. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our what? Iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. When we read this passage, we have a tendency to restrict it to only physical healing. But I want you to understand, as we talked last week, don't make the blood one-dimensional. The blood is multidimensional. And he did a completed work upon the cross. Amen? Uh, Let me begin to explain. Isaiah 53, verse 5. It says, he was wounded for our transgressions transgressions let's let's take that word transgressions and let's break that word down because that word transgressions as you study it means to overstep pre-established boundaries it is a willful disobedience against the will of God it literally means to revolt or rebel against known command or instruction a transgression is when someone knows what they're supposed to do but says you know what I'm going to do it my way Anyway, I know none of us have ever done that, okay? We're, we're talking about those other people this morning, right? I know what I'm supposed to do, but I want to do what I want to do. 
Bible says he was wounded for our transgression. Now, listen closely. Sin and transgression. Sin and transgression. I'm sorry. Sin and transgression are two totally different things. I want you to catch this. Uh, sin literally means to miss the mark. To miss the mark. Romans 3.23 says we have all what? Sinned. We've all missed the mark. I couldn't attain it. I missed the mark. I couldn't live up to it. I missed the mark. Transgression is not someone who is trying but couldn't. Transgression is I know what I'm supposed to do, but I'm willfully going to rebel. I don't care what God says. I don't care what my spiritual authority says. I don't care what that Bible says. I'm going to do what I want to do because a man's got to do what a man's got to do. Come on, somebody. Jesus says all have sinned, and Jesus says all have transgressed. But the word says that he was wounded for our transgressions. Now, what is this word wound? A wound is where the flesh is torn, and out of the flesh comes blood. A wound is where bleeding is on the outside. So what's the word saying here? It says for all the outward sins... When we have purposefully, bold-faced, resisted God. And all of us have done it in this place. And if you say, no, I haven't, you are right now because you're lying. So we're all in the same field. All of us have done it. And for all of my outward sins where I've openly rebelled against God, he says, my blood was shed for your outward transgression. His blood just doesn't remove my sin from missing the mark. He said, Jared, there are times when you will knowingly rebel against me and against my word and against what I've spoken to you, but because you came back to me and because you humble yourself, I'm going to remove those transgressions from your past. Aren't you glad we live under a better covenant in Christ Jesus? Now, how many have done it? How many have been like, I know it's wrong. I know, mama, I know it was wrong, but I did it anyway. Why? Because I felt like it. How do you know what I'm talking about? I know what the word of God says, but it was Saturday night and it just was a thing to do. Right? I know it's wrong. I know what the word says. I know what God says. I've watched all the Christian movies. I went to Sunday school. I know, I know, I know. But I just wanted to do it. Jesus says, even those times, (laughs) I got you covered. I got, man, thank God, right? Thank God. Now, Mama wasn't so graceful. (laughs) Mama said, I ain't got you covered. You're going to pay the price, son, right? But Jesus says, even those times when you knowingly rebelled against me, transgression, when you outwardly exposed your rebellion and you bled on the outside, I've got you covered. Come on, if you're thankful for that, put your hands together this morning. I've got you covered. In the Old Testament, they would shed the blood of animals. But the blood of bulls and goats, we know, couldn't take away their sin. Hebrews 10.4 tells us that because the blood of bulls and goats is powerless to take away sin. All those folks in the Old Testament waiting for the Messiah, waiting for the one who was to finally remove their sin for good. All their sin was not removed. Their sin was covered. How many know there's a difference in being removed and being covered? 
If I was to take a, 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 a tablecloth and drape it over this pulpit this morning, you, you would be able to still stand back there and see that there was something here. Although it was covered, you could still see that there was something here. That was the Old Testament covenant. It was covered. But then Jesus comes and said, I didn't come just to cover you. I came to get it out of the way and remove it. And I came that you might go free. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes. Come on. The quicker you shout, the quicker you let out. Right now we're looking about 3 o'clock. But their sin was not removed in the old. It was covered. Their transgression, their iniquity, their sins still there, but covered. Psalm 32.1 said, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven and whose sin is covered. Because all the Old Testament could do was cover as they were waiting for someone to finally eliminate sin. And then on the scene steps our Jesus. How many know that Jesus didn't cover our sin? Come on, he came to take the transgressions of Jared Cloud and to take the transgressions of everyone here. And he didn't just cover. Come on, read, read with me Colossians 2, 13, 14. Man, if you don't shout at this, your shouter's broken. He said, and when you were dead in your transgression and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven all of our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile toward us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross he didn't just cover it he removed it he washed it away and he nailed it to the cross hallelujah hallelujah 245 come on we're getting there I'm telling you you don't have to hang around any longer with the transgressions of your past we don't have to hang around with our adultery. We don't have to hang around with our lying. We don't have to hang around with our lust. We don't have to hang around with our offensive mouth. You don't have to, that stuff does not have to hold us hostage any longer. Yes, we knew it was wrong, and yes, we did it anyway, but Jesus said, I nailed that transgression to the cross never to be brought up again. Come on, that means no more sleepless nights. That means no more pacing the floor wondering what's going to happen. That means you can rest knowing that your past is gone, and it's time to possess your future. He shed his blood for you amen that's a good introduction now let's get to the message he didn't just stop there I told you he didn't make the blood one dimensional let's go a little further it says he was bruised for our iniquities now let's talk for just a moment about iniquities what's an iniquity an iniquity is an inherited weakness in a person's nature that uh causes them to disobey God it's when you have a bent toward a particular or a specific sin I don't know why I do this pastor I just keep going back to it it is my downfall but you know now that I think about it mom was this way mom was abusive mom was verbally assaulting now that I think about it you know dad was this way dad had a problem with adultery now I think about it, dad was this way. Dad had an issue with this. Dad had an issue with that substance. Dad had an issue with that drink. Now I think about it, it's in my family. And you find the trail. And this bent toward destruction, the family is following you now. 
Why is that? It's not just because someone is a product of their environment. It's because the Bible says it's iniquity. It's iniquity. The use of the term iniquity is used over 300 times in the Bible. It's usually in conjunction or in reference to a generational or a family bloodline. Okay? Lamentations 5-7 says, Our fathers sinned and are no more. And it is we who have borne their iniquities. Okay? Now, folks are saying, why does this stuff keep happening in my family? Why is this stuff? Come on, has anyone ever said in this place, I'm never going to be like dad on that. I'm never going to be like mom on that. And then we wake up one day and we're like, I'm just like dad in that. Come on. I'm going to be a fitness model. I'm not going to be like my dad. You know. And you wake up and you're like, snap. <laughs> I'm just like my dad. <laughs> I'm going to be a model for the husky boy section. <laughs> Come on. You know? There's, there's, there's things. There's things that I saw dad struggle with. And I saw him fight. And I thought, I'm, I'm never, never going to get into that. Never going to. Allow my life to go, and then guess what? One day I wake up and I'm like, man, I'm right here facing the same thing I've seen my dad face. I'm right here facing the same thing I've seen my mom face. We we we, we we've all come on somebody. I sound like Porky Pig right there. We 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 we, we you know come on. <laughs> Don't worry, that's not all, folks. We're just getting started. But we've all, we probably all have walked in that. The Bible calls it iniquity. Exodus chapter 20. Now, now, are you saying, okay, pastor, are you saying I got to pay for the sins of my father? Is that what you No, no. Exodus 25 says, I was the Lord your God. I'm the Lord your God, and I'm a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children on the third and fourth generations of those who despise me. God says those iniquities go to the next in the bloodline. Now, does that mean i got to pay for my father's sin? No, no, no. I, I don't answer for their sin. But here's what happens, okay? The seeds of disobedience that people plant and do not deal with by the blood of Jesus, those seeds grow into a harvest. How many of you know that the law of sowing and reaping doesn't only work for righteousness, it works in sin? So what happens is if some family member, if, 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 if we... If, there's an issue, there, there's, there's fear, there's prejudice, there's anger, there's an offense of the childhood, there's a substance abuse, there's, there, there's some type of issue, and if they don't deal with that and they don't resolve that issue, whether we want to or not, we will pass that down. It will be passed down, and it keeps going on. The children do not pay for the sin, but they're influenced by it because of the issue. And because the seed has not been dealt with, now you have a harvest of generations that follow. Come on. But Isaiah says he was bruised for our iniquity. Now, what's a bruise? A bruise is a person who is bleeding on the inside. A bruise is someone, blood has not broken the flesh. It is a private pain, let's say. The thing with bruising is you don't detect it as easily as you do wounds. 
I can tell you when you are popping tops and soaking suds and running cart bills up and, and, uh, and you're caught in some addiction, that is easy to see. People can see that. You can see that if that's happening in my life. But bruises are a lot sneakier because bruises, we cover them up with Sunday suits and smiles. Oh, come on, somebody. Bruises, we put a pretty dress on with the bruise and no one can detect the pain. With the bruise, we, 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 we can put makeup over a bruise. We can cover that up with the makeup of religion. But iniquity, iniquity is underneath. And Jesus Christ said, I didn't just put, I wasn't just hung up on a cross so I could remove your open sin, the things you did out in the open where everybody saw you bleed. I, I hung there so that I could deal with the things that no one else sees. I hung there so I can deal with the things that are going on privately in your life. I hung there so I could deal with the things that no one else knows about, things that have went from one generation to the next generation to the next generation because I want you free. That's why I hung there. That's why I shed my blood. The wounds deal with the act of sin, but the bruising deals with the root of sin. And so many times we get caught up dealing with the act of sin, we fail to investigate what is the root of what I'm doing. A lot of times it's iniquity. It's something that you can detect from bloodline to bloodline, from bloodline to bloodline. Micah chapter 7 verse 18 says, Who is a God like these who pardons iniquity and passes over the rebellious acts of the remnant of his possession? He does not retain his anger forever. Oh, thank you, God. You didn't stay upset with me. Come on, somebody. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. (laughs) Yes! He will cast all their sin into the depth of the sea. Jesus Christ's blood has the power over iniquity, so it is not passed down any longer. He has the power over iniquity so that it will not haunt us and it will not hold us anymore. Come on, somebody. Put your hands together if you're thankful for that this morning. Titus 2.14, he, he gave himself for us that he might redeem us from our iniquity. Luke 4.18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to set at liberty those who are bruised, 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 bruised. He was bruised for our iniquity. There's not a drug addict one who says, you know what? I want to be a drug addict. There's not an alcoholic one who says, you know what? I want to be an alcoholic. There's not an angry person who just wakes up and says, you know what, today is a great day to throw the rest of my life away in a fit of anger. Not one. There's no one that wants to be a junkie. No one wants to be an abuser of their spouse or an abuser of their children. Nobody wants to be bound by pornography. Nobody wants to be bound by the memories of the decisions of their past, by the actions that they're caught in. And so we need to understand that Jesus doesn't want you bound by that either. He doesn't want that in your life either. And he shed his blood. He took the stripes on his back so that you might be healed outside and inside too. Come on. Isaiah 10, 27, the anointing of the Lord destroys the yoke of bondage on our life. But pastor, my, my dad had this. Pastor, my mom had this. And it seems like it's coming on me I'm walking in this no 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 Jesus Christ was crucified on the fa- on the tree so that he might fix your family tree yes. Yes. <laughs> tweet that that's good yes. Jesus Christ was hung on the tree so that he might fix your family tree 
But somebody has to break the cycle of this sin. Someone has to break the cycle of this transgression. Someone has to break the cycle of this iniquity. Brother, sister, it might as well be you. Let's break it off of our families this morning. Break it off. Come on. In the word of Taylor Swift. Come on, let's shake it off. Shake it off. Come on. I would dance, but I'm not going to. He has the power. I kind of want to, but I kind of don't. I want to, but I know my kids and wife in the back don't. So, and I don't want that iniquity passed on. Um, he has the power to break transgression. He has the power to break iniquity that it might never visit you again. Somebody can break the cycle in the family. This sin will not visit me or my kids. It stops right here, right now with me. It stops with me. Do you know why I can say that? Because Exodus 20, verse 5, we read that. He will visit the sins and iniquities of the Father on the third and fourth generation. But I like living for verse 6. See, I left you hanging. Verse 6 says this, But I will show loving kindness to thousands of those who love me and keep my commands. <laughs> can you see why I'm excited this morning? Can you feel it? Do you see it? It stops right now. It stops right now. And in your family, you can make up in your mind through the power of Jesus. It stops right now. That is the word of God. It stops right now. How many realize he doesn't just want us to set, he doesn't just want to set us free from things on the outside and then we're sensed he was wounded and bruised for one thing, that you might be healed. Inside and out. Isaiah 53, 5. Read again. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Let me just set the record straight for everyone in the house this morning. We are a church family who believes our God still heals. We believe in the miraculous power, the wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. I don't have all the explanations and all the answers to every question. Why did this happen? Why did this happen? I don't know. But I do know one thing. I believe he still heals. 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 heals. Come on, look at your neighbor and tell him he still heals. Look at your other neighbor and tell him he still heals. Now your first neighbor, look back at him. Let me make sure they got it. He still heals. I I, I don't know why that turned that way, and I don't know why that went that way, and I I don't know why we prayed in this. I I don't understand that. Deuteronomy said the secret things are left to God. There's a lot of things I don't understand, but I do understand one thing. In this book called the Holy Word of God, it says that he's a healer. It says that he's a provider. It says that he wants to walk with me and talk with me. It says that he's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. In that book, it tells me he still heals. And so no matter what I see on the outside, i got faith rising up on the inside that as dim as it looks and as bad as it looks, he still heals. He still heals. Hallelujah. Calm down. The most beautiful picture to me of this is found in Exodus chapter 12. 
In Exodus chapter 12, I believe the Old Testament is a reflection of, of, of who he is. And the New Testament is a revelation of who he is. The Old Testament, they had the picture. New Testament, we have the product. For 400 years. 400 years. I'm out of breath again. I got to drop some weight. This is ridiculous. Margie, we need, we need some salad at the Rock on Wednesday night. With the spaghetti and meatballs. Don't, don't, don't cancel that. But I, I need some salad. I eat that before and it makes me feel better about myself. For 400 years, Israel's been in bondage. Go back to Exodus chapter 12. For 400 years, they've been slavery in slavery to Egypt. Daddy would watch his son beat, and he couldn't defend him because his daddy would watch him beat, and his daddy would watch him beat, and his daddy would watch him beat. It was a generational cycle of bondage. The Israelites were treated like animals by the Egyptians. The Israelites had no money. They had no medical care. There was a lot of sick people amongst the Israelites. And God tells them to take the blood of a lamb and put it over the door frame, the doorpost of the house. I, I, I wish I, I could show you because the way that he told them to do this, it, Exodus 12.3, Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the, door, on the door, two doorposts and then on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. They shall eat the flesh on that night roasted in fire with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs. They shall eat it. Now the bitter herbs is a representation of the pain of their past. But I want you to see as they take the blood and you've got two door frames and what the Bible described, told them to do, what the word of God was, was to apply it to the two doorposts. So they'd take one, they would dip uh, the plant of hyssop in the blood and they would take that hyssop, which hyssop grew out of the foundation of the home. Okay? Because the only way you can apply the blood is that which comes from foundation. What's our foundation? Our foundation is the word of God. It's not the latest tr thread. It's not the latest fad. It's not the newest book. It's not, it's not what the newest cool preacher is preaching. It's only that which is found in foundation. The only way we can apply the blood is what comes out of that book. And so they would take that hyssop that grew out of the foundation of their home. They would dip it in blood, and they'd start on one doorpost, and they would make a line over to the other doorpost, okay? Now, so now you've got that line going across, and then they would take the blood, they'd dip it in hyssop, and they'd put it over the top, and they'd put a dab on top, the word says. And as they put the dab on top, that blood began to trickle down and made a vertical line north and south. So now you've got a line going east and west across the doorframe of the home, and now you've got a line coming right down the middle of that doorframe over the top, coming down. Anybody see the picture of what he's trying to show? It's the cross. It's the cross. Back even 400 years in slavery, God is showing them a picture of a greater lamb 
that was to come. A greater lamb. So they would take that blood and they would apply that blood. But here, here's, here's, here's my dilemma. This is my first close. I've got three of them. Here's my dilemma. Because in Psalm 105.37, we, we hit it just a second last week. But it says that he brought them out laden with silver and gold and there was none feeble among his tribe. Okay? Now, we, we've all seen the Ten Commandments. We've all seen Charlton Heston as Moses, you know? We, we've all seen them as they're coming out of Egypt. We've all seen that scene probably. And, and if you remember that scene, they have a man who's walking out, and he's walking toward the front, you know, and the, the man's really feeble. He's, you know, they're carrying beds. We, we hit this just for a second last week. They're carrying beds, and they're like, Whoa! you know, you know what I'm saying? Come on, somebody, talk to me, talk to me. Okay, because I'll go till three. I don't care. No, I'm kidding. I do. I'm hungry. Um, <laughs> I want salad. I want salad. Uh, <laughs> but you, you, you see the, that, those scenes of those, uh, that, that, that elderly man coming out, and he's, you know, you know, they're walking, you know. And the Bible says that, that's not true. Make, made for good TV, though, didn't it? You're like, oh, give the brother some promethine mist. Help him out. Right? Made for good TV. But the Word of God said something happened. Something that was a picture of something greater that you and I can believe for. The Bible says that there was not a feeble one among their tribes. Again, I go to the foundation. Not Hollywood. <laughs> there was not a feeble one among their tribes. So my question is, Lord, if you healed all these people, when did you do it? And I pity the pastor that had to lay his hands on two million people in one night. In one night. Now up here, we've got bottles of oil, and we lay hands on the sick, and we pray the prayer of faith, but I don't know if I'm going to be the pastor that prays for two million people in one night. How's that even happen? Come on, Benny Hinn wasn't there. How's this happen? You know, what, what's, what's that receiving line look like? What's that healing line look like? Next! You know, how do you do that? And so I got to looking, and I'm like, God, how did this happen? And God gave me some understanding here. And as I looked this over and over, I, I began to see one logical time when these could have got healed. Now, it's, it's, it's not written, but there's only one time that, where something had to be done, and everybody had to do it, from the infant to the oldest. Everybody had to do this. Everyone had to do this one thing, from the infant to the oldest. Well, pastor, what is it? I'm glad you asked. Here's the only logical time that this could have happened. Now, I want you to picture this. I want you to get your sanctified imagination on. Imagine everyone's huddled in that house. And now the blood of the lamb is over the doorpost of the home. And it's dripping down. And the Jewish people can hear the screams of the Egyptians crying. Because there's no blood over their doors to cover them, and the death angel has now passed by, and their firstborn is now gone. 
The Israelites are huddled in their house and they're preparing to do what everyone from infant to the oldest was instructed to do. Now in that house, you can smell something. You can smell lamb. And it's lamb roasted over fire with bitter herbs. And the aroma of everybody's pain and the aroma of that lamb is rising up. See, some of you right now in the midst of your pain, you need to start lifting up the aroma of the lamb even in the midst of your pain. And Daddy says, it's time to partake of the lamb. Pop, you're the oldest, Pop. You go first, Pop. And Pop's standing close by because you see Pop is blind. And standing right beside Pop is Grandma because Grandma has a broken hip from all the beatings that she's taken from the hands of the Egyptians throughout her lifetime. Now Pop sounds like the guy from the Ten Commandments. And Pop walks up and son says, here you go, Pop. Go ahead, Pop. Get a bite, Pop. Pop, how does it taste, Pop? Oh, that's a, that's, that's, that's a good lamb, son. Good lamb. Come on, I'm just trying to be funny now. What do you want, Pop? Rock-a-lamb, son. Rock-a-lamb. The son takes the rock-a-lamb, he gives it to Pop, and Pop begins to, to eat the lamb. Too many bitter herbs, Pop? No, son, no, son. That's good, that's, that's good lamb, good lamb. It's delicious. Pop starts chewing, and then you hear Pop. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Pop, you, you okay, Pop? Pop, you, you choking, Pop? Whoa! Pop, what's, what's wrong, Pop? Are you, are, you, are you okay? Whoa! Son, my, my eyes, my, my eyes, are, they're on fire, son. My, my eyes, son, I, son, something's happening in my face. Something's happening in my body. Pop, Pop, are, are you okay? Is, is everything okay, Pop? Are you choking? What, what can we do? For, son, I, I don't, my, my, my eyes, I, I was just a boy. I, you, you, you were just a boy the last time I saw you. But, but, but son, there's, there's something happening right now. And oh, oh, oh my God. Oh my Yahweh God. Oh my Yahweh Rafa God. Uh, so, uh, Pop, what's going on, son? I, I, I don't know. Uh, all I know is I took a bite of the lamb and I once was blind, but now I see. I once. Come on, somebody. You're going to get this. And Pop leans over the sun. He says, son, I don't know what's going on, but there's something in that lamb. There's something in that lamb. There's something in that lamb. And then you see grandma, she's coming over. She's like, oh, give me some of that lamb. And grandma takes the lamb and she begins to eat. And if she eats the lamb, boom, that hip is popped right back. And then come on, then we do the Cupid shuffle and everything else. Come on. It's the only logical time. If you look in Exodus chapter 12, you will discover there are more references to eating the lamb than there are applying its blood. You will find there's more references of how to eat the lamb than there are applying its blood. Too many believers stop at one dimension at applying the blood. But come on, God says eat. God says eat. Now can you imagine how that family went crazy? They just went, well, that's tremendous. Good job, Pop. You know, can we go now? 
Can you imagine how that family went crazy? Because now the aroma of the lamb was in the house, but they didn't just smell it. They started tasting it. They started consuming the lamb more and more and more, and they ate until they were healed. They ate until victory come. They ate until they got their healing. And I want to tell you this morning, you keep eating the lamb until your victory comes. You keep eating the lamb until your healing comes. Keep eating the lamb. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, y'all should be running and shouting and hanky-waving. Keep being the lamb. Keep being the lamb. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes, man. Glory. The super lamb, Jesus Christ, is sitting in the upper room. He's knowing what's about to happen to him. Knowing what he's about to endure. Knowing what he's about to face. He took the bread he said, guys, this is my body, which is broken for you. Eat. Do this. Go ahead, eat it. Do this in remembrance of me. He didn't say smell it. He didn't say sit there and watch everybody else consume it. He said, you consume the lamb. And when they had the lamb in the house, they were instructed to take every part of the lamb. And every part of that lamb was to be consumed. And what wasn't consumed was to be burned. And the problem is with many people is we only like to eat the parts that we like. Oh, that's good. That's a whole other sermon. But Jesus said, eat ye all of it. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see. It's the only time, folks, is when they ate the lamb. When they ate the lamb. When they ate the lamb. What we're about to do is we partake of Holy Communion in this place this morning. This is the first Sunday of the month. We don't just gather up here just because it's something we do. No, you're about to partake of the lamb of God. That bread is a representation of the body of the super lamb, the lamb Jesus Christ that was shed, that was beaten, that was broken for you. And when you partake of that lamb this morning, I've been praying all week. I've been in the the sanctuary praying this week that God, the healing, might occur in this place when we take the lamb just like it did in that old huddled house on that night with the Israelites as the death angel passed by and as they begin to partake of the lamb with bitter herb come on I know there's there's things in our life that's bitter right now but we're going to partake of this lamb and we're going to see the healing of God come inside and outside and all around we're going to see the healing of God come in your life for the things that you did on the outside for the transgressions on the outside that you have not forgiven yourself for Jesus says I've got that covered for the iniquity for the things that's been passed down you're like I've got to break this off my life I've got to break this off my family I don't want this in my family bloodline we're going to partake of the lamb in a moment and we're believing that that's going to be set free in your life why because when they ate the lamb they were healed and when we eat this lamb we're going to be healed today I told you this is a series to get your faith up to get your your trust up to get your belief in come on we're going to get it back and we're going to know that he is a healer in this house he is the healer of this house hallelujah Hallelujah. eight of us got it bondage is about to be broken here this morning April 7th 2019 things are about to shift for you in your life 
Things are about to shift for your family. Things are about to shift for your home. Things are about to shift for your marriage. Things are about to shift for your children. Things are about to shift for us. I believe it with all my heart. When we eat the lamb, we are healed. We're healed. I'm going to ask you to stand your feet with me this morning. Ask the ushers if they would, those who are helping pass out the elements, would you please make your way forward at this time? As they come forward, I'm just going to ask you to bow your heads right where you're at today. As soon as we're done with this moment, we're going to invite everyone who wants to partake of communion forward. No, you don't have to be a member of Elm Grove Community Church. You don't have to be Pentecostal. You just need to be a member of the body of Christ. Not just covered by the blood, but you've been washed by the blood. This morning, he said, Pastor Jared, as you talked about transgressions, and there's transgressions in my life right now. There's transgressions in my life right now. I know what I'm doing is wrong, and yet I do it anyway. And I need the help of the Lord. I need the blood of Jesus applied. Because I know he was wounded for my transgression. And today I want that God. I want that God. Will you slip your hand up right now? Slip it up right now. Yeah, yeah, yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes. Man, hands up all across the place. here this morning and say, Pastor, I know there's iniquity in my life. I know I have a bent toward this and a bent toward that, and it is my stronghold, and I just, I keep running to it. But I know it's an iniquity because I see it in the bloodline. I see it in the bloodline. I know my dad, my grandpa, my mom, my grandma, my uncle had this struggle in their life. You know, I've got it too. How long is it? It stops right here. It stops today on April the 7th. It stops right here. I'm getting the Lord. I'm applying the Lord. He was bruised for your name. That you slipped your hand God, today is the day I'm set free. Today is the day I'm set free. Today is the day I'm set free. 
I'm going to lead us all in a prayer, and I want you to pray this prayer with me, especially you that raised your hand as you deal with transgressions and iniquities in your life. I want you to pray this prayer with me, but I'm going to ask everyone in this place to pray this prayer, but you who raised your hands, there were several. As we pray this prayer, I just I want you to not let these be words that flow from my mouth, but let these be words that flow from your heart today. Again, it's not about getting the words right. It's about getting our heart right. And so this morning, would you pray this prayer with me? Would you say, Heavenly Father, I come to you today, and I'm in need of help. I can't do this on my own. I have transgressed against your word. I have acted anyway. I've done my thing, my way. And God, today, I turn to you. I realize that you were wounded for my transgression. Blood was shed for my transgression. And so today, Lord, I ask that you to wipe it clean. Wipe it away. You made me brand new. Give me courage. You give me confidence to face this new day living in your power covered by your blood. And God, today for the iniquity in my life I break it off my life through the blood of Jesus through the power of Jesus. It no longer has a hold of my life. I'm set free and it will not be passed down. It stops right here right now today with me as for me and my house we will serve you in freedom and liberty without bondage and stronghold so I turn it to you today I was wounded for my transgressions you were bruised for my iniquity and I receive that today in Jesus name and through your blood I receive my healing in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.